0: The following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. June, today is Valentine's Day and happy Valentine's Day to you. And to you. Thank you. And it's been a, a, a busy day with all of my valentine's dates but each of my each of my girls gets one uh but you had a special uh valentine's kind of a message you have a story to share about valentine's
1: yeah i just told you i'm gonna tell a story okay it's a true story um and, and this morning i did get uh First thing was a Valentine's message, with all kinds of hearts on it. And um, but um, what I wanted to share was that there was someone who was on our our staff, and she was wonderful. And you never know until you really get to know someone at times what kind of pain they've gone through, mm-hmm. and what colors. Their view that can be very unusual uh, all I know is i I just so love this um, attractive uh, uh thoughtful kind person who was on our staff and and she was an excellent excellent uh, worker and and I remember one time uh, we were at a conference. Uh, it was a national conference together, and we shared a room. And I knew it was going to be over uh, over Valentine's Day. Uh, it was like a five-day conference. But I remember bringing a, a valentine for her uh It was a it was a fun, funny kind of Valentine's uh, message, and I brought candy. And you know, just Mm -hmm. and when I gave her the card, she was shocked. She said, "I've never, I've never received a Valentine's card from someone uh, from a female before." I said, "Really?" I said, "Well." (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, I initially I just thought, well, okay. But it seemed so, uh, I, I, I think she was almost stunned. And we began to talk, and she said, I thought that was only for male, female couples. And I said, no. I said, I, I've sent one to... Uh, two of my nieces, and I have dear, several dear friends, and and she was just shocked. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, I don't lie. But I, <laughs> if, I'm not, not going to lie, but but the point is, I'm going to be candid. That's what I mean. Um, I got into her background, meaning we spent a, a lot of working time together, and. She would be surprised at some of the wonderful, thoughtful messages from, or whatever, from several. I, I have a group of gal pals. Um, we've had we've been friends for years, and this type of thing. And she she just, and finally, after many, uh, yeah, probably almost a year, she ended up sharing. What had really happened to her as a child, and what it was, is her father gave her to his best friend. Hmm. And that means that this is an older man, and so she was used, and so was her sister. And it was bizarre, and she only felt valued... When she had to perform uh, sexually, and I can tell you, it it it's so it was so unusual because she was she was professional and kind and all these things, but I would never have dreamed her background. And we began to talk. She she did not have female friends, and she said i've never seen females she said i just have i don't i don't even think of positive relationships like what you're what you have and but i have i have wonderful relationships with men i i for some reason have always had positive relationships uh, and enjoyed the the company of and, and the and dialogue of men, uh, and I, I don't know why. You know, some some women they just don't have male uh, relationships. But I I loved this, uh, this coworker, and um, she she later moved. But I can tell you, um, she, when I got this this Valentine, I had it up in my. okay oh, here it says Happy Valentine's Day. To the woman who taught me that Valentine's Day isn't just for romantic partners to celebrate, but rather for people who love each other, like us, <laughs> and 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 she, you know, she often sends a note of something, a precious note like "I love you," because she said that you opened my whole door, my whole uh, the the door to the friendship of. Of women. And, um, you know, I love it when men are friends with men. I'm talking about healthy, wonderful relationships.
2: Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
0: You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of our ministry. We thank you for that. If you have any questions about any topic that we bring up here on the program, really any number of topics, we have, I'm sure, a resource that will address what you're dealing with, uh, what might have piqued your interest, or maybe as you talk to a friend of yours and you'd like to help them with some resources, we have over 100 Keys for Living to address that. The Keys for Living will uh, narrow down, will focus tightly on any one particular topic. And again, over 100 of those topics, I'm sure to uh, to touch on something that you're dealing Dealing with So just call our customer support team, talk to them about that and what might be most helpful for you to receive information from, a resource that we can provide for you. Again, that uh, the number is 800-488-HOPE, and they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you get the right resources in your hands. And that number, again, 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. You can also go to the website and find all those titles there. Peruse that and, uh, again, find what is going to be most meaningful to you. That's HopeForTheHeart.org slash store. Again, HopeForTheHeart.org slash store. Let's get to our caller for tonight. We have a listener on KCBI in Texas. Tonight we welcome Sarah.
1: Well, hello, Sarah. Welcome to Hope.
4: Hello, Jen.
1: How can we help you?
4: I had talked to your gentleman the other day, and uh, he had called me and asked me what I had called in about, and I had called in about a situation that took place, oh, it's been probably two years now. It was just uh, a little bit before the pandemic hit,
5: mm. um, mm-hmm.
4: and, it, and it was in regards to um, my mother passing. She She had passed nine months prior to my husband passing, and oh, wow. it was time for her her funeral to come about, and I had been attending this church with my mother and my husband. He and I had been in the ministry for many years, but he became, he fell ill. So oh. we we sought out another church in our same faith, but nevertheless we were going to this church. It had been going to it for over ten years, and uh. The pastor and his wife were like family to us. And fast forward, it come to the time of my mother's passing, and, you know, it was time for me to, to get plans going for her funeral and wait for relatives to come in from out of state. And so my pastor had called me, and he said, what day do you want to have the funeral? And I told him, and he said, well, you are only allowed one hour.
6: Oh,
5: for this
4: funeral. And I knew how close they were to my mother especially. Mm-hmm. And it just set me back and I'm like, Can I ask why? Only an hour and he said, An hour is it. That's it. No more mm-hmm. than an hour. And I said, Well Pastor, I had several songs and different people speaking and he was one of the people that was going to, you know, speak at her funeral. Mm-hmm. And I had asked him to sing a favorite song that my mother had asked him to sing before she passed, and he agreed to do it. And so I said, and and you will be singing this particular song? And he said, no, I won't. So nevertheless, the whole conversation went south very, very quickly. I was in a devastated state of mind anyway, because my mom was like my best friend. And it was like, where is all of this coming from? And there after this, oh, and he said that that whenever he was through speaking at the funeral, he would not be lingering. He had to go to a meeting. And I said, oh, so you won't be there to speak with the family or anything? He said, no. He said, i have mm-hmm. got to leave as soon as I speak. And I said, okay. And I thought, well, that's very odd, too. Nevertheless, he didn't leave. Like he said, he was going to leave. He stayed mm-hmm. later. He talked to everybody but me. Um, And then I went up to him and addressed him, and he said, well, we'll talk tomorrow. I'll call you tomorrow. And I said, okay. I never heard from him from that day forward, and it's been four years this this year.
5: Mm. Mm.
1: Wow. And you had no idea. In other words, you're saying that this seemed different or out of character for him?
4: Extremely. Because we were all like family. We had went out to eat many times. We had personally taken he and his wife and family to dinner. It was a shock. And I waited for the call because I took him as a person of his word. Mm -hmm. And I waited for the call after my mother's funeral. You know, the next day I thought, well, he said he'd call me tomorrow, which was that next day. Nothing. I waited and waited, and here it is. Several years later, and it's just, it's something I have extremely prayed over. It's something that I have asked God to, you know, take any hurt, because I know I was hurt deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, Take all hurt, all anguish, all disappointment, all dismay, um, because that really shattered not only my heart, it shattered my thoughts of the whole persona of going to that and being a part of that congregation for so many years and then at the most devastating time of my life, you know, having my mother pass because we were so very close, you know, that I would be treated this way. So I've prayed about it. I feel like I have put it under the blood, so to speak, being a Mm -hmm. pastor's wife. I know the right steps to take. You know, my faith in God, I know the right steps to take. But it seems like it gnaws at me more than it Mm. should.
5: Well,
1: what I'm hearing is something that is bizarre. I mean, I have been, I have sung at so many funerals, and I always consider it a, a privilege, a time of great loss when there's a ministry that takes place to those who are hurting um there are times of unusual reconciliation and ministry that takes place where people haven't talked with each other and you know there are all kinds of positives and yet what you experienced was um and and the good the, the the good part of this is you know this is not normal you back. know it has nothing it I'll say it differently this has nothing to do with you it's something that obviously is uh, either distorted in his thinking okay. it's it's not the norm for every pastor i have ever interacted with i mean there 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 are different kinds of pastors and we know that and you know that but but of any time of uh, of people's lives the loss of someone very endeared uh is it it'll have an impact that lasts much much longer than just a normal, uh, I'm not trying to be trite in any way, but I'm talking about, there are different levels. Today, I've been talking with uh, someone, I had a cousin who died, and then three or four days, three days later, her daughter died. And so we're going to, there's going to be a double Funeral. It's just uh, my my point is though, I don't have the relationship with them like what you've just described with your mother, and any. The good news is this: you know, this is ab. um, I'll 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 say it's so abnormal. Um, It's disappointing. Terribly disappointing oh, uh, yeah. that anyone, anyone who's in the, uh, a part of the clergy, uh, part of the role is weeping. The Bible says, "Weep with those who weep; you mourn with those who mourn." And it's a genuine ability that we have based on our own personal experience. Right. The 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 uh, the unusual part is that you had been interacting with him. Now, you said your husband died. but yes, he you, passed
4: you, away you, nine months before my mother did. And there was some awkwardness there as well, but nothing to the degree like it was in regards to my mother's funeral. And the shock and dismay of it being my mother is because of how close they were. I mean, they took personal needs to my mother because she was a prayer warrior. Uh, And they would confide in me because I was a pastor's wife for many, many, many years until my husband fell ill. And then we had to turn our church over to, you know, another individual that was capable of taking over and, you know, going from there. But it's just, you know, here I sit almost five years later. I'm sorry, four years later. And still... I find myself going.
1: Okay, I'm still waiting for that call. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I think I think the issue is there's something broken within him. This okay. is so, and and now it, I'm not saying it can't be fixed. I'm talking about that he can't be fixed, but obviously. This is not your call or you would have done it. And right. and you sound as normal as apple pie and motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean no, I mean I mean I I, I, I so hurt for you. I and yet, you know, I, I think of I think of my mother's funeral. Um all I could think of is now she is face to face with Christ, her Savior. Mm-hmm. and And I remember being the one to do her uh, met the message on her tombstone, and I did praying hands, and I put kneeling at the feet of Jesus. Mm. And I, I adored and, and I'm blessed because I, I while I had a bizarre father, um, and it, we had a very painful upbringing because of my dad, but also choices my mom made, and it was it was but, it, but she had huge sorrow and total repentance over a lifestyle that was not right. And my, my point is, I saw my mother blossom after my dad's death and all these unusual things that occurred um, and and the funeral was a time when I saw my sister change a a positive change Um, and, and she said you know that last year of mother being alive that was her best year and I'm thinking best year well what it was is she changed because she had an attitude of giving toward my mother, as opposed to being angry with my mother or, or fighting mother, I, I couldn't understand that. So I, I'm I've have been able to see such positives in that time frame of loss, and this is the opposite of what you had. So I'm 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 with you. There's there's something drastically wrong, but. The key is going to be, now what do you do?
5: We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash givehope.
6: June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl.
0: Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Uh, If you have uh, questions or concerns about the topic here on the program, please call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. Anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, they'd be happy to uh, point you to some resources, maybe free resources on our website, or there could be a resource that would be helpful for you to have in your hand. They'd be glad to send that along to you. Just order directly from them with uh, whatever resource you have in mind that would help you. The number again is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. And uh, we do have uh, keys for living on the topic of grief, called "Living at Peace with Loss," also forgiveness, releasing you is freeing me. Just talk to customer support about those titles. You can email them also if you have questions. The email address is customer support at dot org. That's customer support at Getting back now to our conversation with Sarah. Sarah, I'm. Um
1: I'm interested in understanding this. When you had a positive interaction, you and your husband, he was a pastor Uh with this other pastor, am I hearing that it seemed normal? It seemed that you were involved uh, pastor-to-pastor, family-to-family, it seemed like a healthy exchange. Is that right?
4: Absolutely. As normal as you and I sitting here this evening speaking. I mean, and even more freely because they had become over the years like family members to us. Okay.
1: Well, you know that, you know what is, quote-unquote, normal, there is yeah. healthy exchange. That's there's during times of tragedy, uh, major loss. There is a reaching out. That's normal. So for him to behave with the actions that are so abnormal, you know something's wrong. You know you right. don't know the cause. That I'm here. I'm hearing that. It doesn't make sense to you, but the whole thing doesn't make sense.
4: Absolutely. If there had been a call, you know, or a reply like he had promised, the reason I only wanted you to have one hour for your mother's funeral was A, B, or C was the reason. Or the cause, because I did not sing that particular song that your mother asked of me, and I told her I would, but I didn't because then that would have, even I guess if it had been a a hurting reply, at least it would have been a reason and a reply. Yeah. I got nothing, absolutely okay. nothing. And I have now perfect peace after the grieving of where, of course, where my dear precious mother is in heaven.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. And the fact that it was her time to go. But I don't know that I. I don't believe I have perfect peace on the how comes and the whys for how I was done.
1: And you may not ever get that. Uh, uh, you may. Uh, you may get it in heaven. We don't know at times when we have these quandaries, and we don't know how God is going to uh, sort that out. And uh, or maybe we'll we'll understand. When we're in heaven, yeah, but it's
4: better by and by. <laughs> yeah. it, well, you
1: know, it's not going to matter at that point, but
4: exactly.
1: it, it, I think I think yes, the the phrase "letting it go" is one thing, but how do you let go? It's the how right. do you do that? And I think um, I had uh, a, okay, I had a situation. Um, I'm going to describe it. Um, there was a man, I, I was. I had been on a church staff, a very, very large church staff. I first was right out of college, junior high director for four years. And we had 600 in the junior high division. And then later, um, I was a college and career director. And then I just taught a singles class. It was supposed to be 12 weeks, and it ended up being 12 years. And that, you know how that goes. And I yeah. loved it. I mean, it was a huge... Class and we were kind of. I, I had a Bible study in my home, as well as taught at the at the church, and uh, it was like a huge family, uh, and all these people came. It was it was precious, and then there was a man who ended up coming on staff uh, to head up the whole singles division, and. I wrote a letter. I said, if you want to do anything, I'm telling you what I'm doing. I was teaching precept upon precept. And if you want to do something else, I just want you to have freedom to do whatever you want with this particular age group. And he had several singles divisions. And uh, I thought everything was fine. But then I began to hear comments that he would make. Uh, from others they would say i want you to know what's been it's being said and it was bizarre things and it had to do with me and i thought I, you know he's never sat in it never had come to my class and um i mean we had i don't know uh, you know 60 maybe attending and and finally i thought you know this is probably after a year or something i said I met with him. I said, have I offended you? No. (laughs) Um, And then I asked several questions, and I said, well, I just want you to know I'm hearing words that you're saying, and I don't understand why you would say this. And it's kind of like he denied it, but but then he, he apologized. He said, oh, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. He said, that won't happen again. And yet it continued. So finally, I had a friend, who is exceptionally warm and and um, uh, she was a conference speaker and all. I said, "Would you help me? Just would you just be there for a meeting?" And then, and and uh, so I asked he and his wife to come. And so so there were the four of us. And I, again, I said, "Have I offended you in any way?" No. Uh, and he seemed, you know, just perfectly normal and and I said, Now nah, I understand that you've been saying this and I and I I told who had said what. And uh, he again um it seemed like he said he he apologized. Um and then when we parted ways his his wife ran back at me, she said June, I I don't I've never seen my husband be this way toward anyone. I have no idea why he's this way toward you. And she was attending my class. So yeah. it was no no but my point is to you to you. I, I I to this day and and you know it's kind of been a mystery. Uh I it's been posed. Maybe he was not. I don't want to say jealous, but uh, we had a very wonderful singles large group, and it, I, but you know I don't have to understand it, but I must not obsess over it. And and for a while I just kept trying to think of what what did I do what, did, and but his wife when she said. I've never seen him this way. I don't know what is the matter. He's never been this way. And so I, my, the, the, the main pastor of the church said, why are you teaching in the singles? Why don't you just open your class up for any, you know, couples, every, and so, three times he asked me and so finally I said okay I'll just do that and so we had all these people coming you know and and my point is i i I know what it's like to obsess over something that doesn't make sense but sometimes right. we won't get the answer in our lifetime and as long as you have done what you can do you can't help dysfunction in somebody else's life. I mean, you, True. And, and I think the only thing I could say is the Bible says, pray for those who persecute you. Mm-hmm. Pray, in other words, this man needs a changed life, does he not?
4: Yes, I agree. And that is he, what I have been doing, June, is good. every time it creeps up. You know, I pray, and, of course, the Bible has always been my compass that I go to. And, you know, the next day when he didn't call that evening, I read my Bible before I go to bed, and I said, God, I just need a word from you. And I opened it up, and it it opened to Psalms 147 and 3 that I have come to heal the brokenhearted. Mm. And I'm like, oh. Wow. You know, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you do know our heart. You do know our feeling, And I looked at our feelings, and I looked up, of course, I know brokenhearted means your heart is broken in two. Um, but I looked up the definition of brokenhearted, June, and it said, you know, not only broken but shattered and
3: bruised. Mm.
4: Mm. And then I heard a minister not too long ago to speak about the heart and teach about the heart and how that the heart has a memory and I'm like what the heart mm. has a memory mm. and he brought out scripture Matthew 9 where Jesus said knowing their heart asked them why do you think evil in your heart and I never thought of that scripture of the heart thinking evil that it does like mm. have a, a, a mind you know And so through it all, I've just, each day, that this probably comes up at least three times in my thought pattern a week, and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I want to put it into the sea of forgetfulness. But then again, I'm like, what is it going to take to completely wash this from my subconscious, my conscious, and my memory, my heart memory, you know, to just not even think on these things because there's more important things to think on and i do think of more important things than this but it seems and i know many times the enemy will come to us to bring up negative things as well so you know i have used my my the word of god as my compass and prayer and it has brought me thus far and will continue to but i still don't have closure and i I guess at this point I don't really have to have. But then again it would be nice. Mm-hmm.
1: But there are times when the closure on our end is not a part of the healthiness of in a relationship because that man is not healthy. That is right. not that is not a normal pastor. And and you have been around pastors for years because when you've been married to a pastor there's a a fellowship of of pastors uh, and there are things in common that are very challenging in the pastor's world and I'm talking pastor and pastor wife Um, and and uh, I've often thought that it's one of the most difficult roles is to be a pastor's wife, because you're supposed to have perfect children. If anything's wrong, it's just, I mean, you know, it's like you're in a what is it, a fishbowl, you know right. and uh, and I have uh, spoken at certain conferences, t- sharing what pastors wives have shared with me.
2: Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
7: As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800 17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now,
0: 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of hope for the heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. That's anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. We want to recommend one of our keys for living. It's called Trials. And the subtitle of that, uh, the keys for living, they're called God's Refining Fire. That's Trials. And you can talk to customer support if that's uh, something you're dealing with in your life. You'd like some information, a resource that we can send out to you. That's uh, on, on uh on our list, certainly of uh, over a 100 topics that we can uh, talk to you about. The number again, 800 488 HOPE. That's 800 488 4673. If there's something on your mind and you'd like to talk with June about that on a specific uh, situation, uh, we'd like to invite you to be on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. Just call, and uh, the number is 800 917, 800 N I G H T 1 7. And uh, when you call, you'll leave a message. Just um uh, do that, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can to uh, talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night, 800-917-800-644-4817. One other resource that you might find helpful there is uh, called Grief, as we're dealing with that on the program tonight, the the subtitle Living at Peace with Loss. And again, customer support can help you with those resources. Let's get back to our conversation now with Sarah.
1: Well, sweet Sarah, (laughs) my... uh... My heart hurts for you over this because, as you've indicated, this was the most devastating time in your life um, with the loss of your mother. And this is nine months after your husband had died, your husband a pastor. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost speechless because it is so out of character for those who are in ministry and of any time here you are a minister's wife and that means that you were part of minister ministering to all the people around and yet it was not extended to you so all that says to me is there's something that's very broken in that man that is not that's not the norm for pastors and you know that and this is something that it's not for you to fix or i believe you would have been led by god to to do the fixing but this really this this is so abnormal i think the key is you look at when i see the scripture Pray for those who persecute you. Your prayer, if you are going to pray for him, it just needs to be whatever is broken within him, I pray that he would be willing to be healed. You know, the Sorry. scripture, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Well, um, and, and and will Jesus said, Will you be made whole? Remember he asked that question? Yeah. Will you be made whole? And I used to think, what a strange question for anyone to ask. Surely everybody would, if they could be made whole, they would. No. Um, I'm going to give you something that just pop, popped into my mind here. One time... I, in our singles group, large singles group, there's a very smart medical person, uh, a medical specialist, and uh, it was she. And she later became an alcoholic. Uh, severe, uh, some severe abuse came up. Uh, I remember uh, she talked with me about All of a sudden, she was having flashbacks, and it dealt with what her father had done to her sexually. And it was, and she, you know, all of a sudden just tanked down, downward, spiral downward. And um, I remember we got her into counseling, and um, then there was a point at which she said, I don't know. If I want to get well, and I've never heard anybody say that before, right. and I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "I'm afraid I, if I get well, then my therapist won't see me anymore." And she oh, said, wow. "It's so it's so meaningful for him." By the way, this was a Christian man as her therapist. But in, in, it, we're not talking about a sexual thing here. But right. I think she was so wounded that I I I was uh, I had to see this from a different perspective. No, everybody does not want to get well. Okay. There will be some who have had such uh, pain and it, the the people who have been reaching out have been so meaningful all of a sudden it's like but if i get well then i'll lose the people who are caring now i'm not this is not apples to apples for this man right but what i'm saying to you that i thought was bizarre because that's not the norm is it no
4: not absolutely not
1: no. so absolutely. so we don't know we don't always have the inside understanding because it's not shared i think for you i i I do know this those kinds of experiences for me and for you it stretches our capacity for compassion all the more are you going to be compassionate when loved ones have died Right. You you that will make you so vigilant. Not that you weren't vigilant before. But right. any time we have something like this, it makes us all the more dedicated to make sure that when there is a major loss that we will respond with help, hope and healing. Is absolutely. that not true? Oh,
4: absolutely. Hmm. And that's something that I, if you want to use the word, if I can use the word, gained from this experience, because several of my friends have had parents and relatives and friends pass, you know, since uh, my, my mother and my husband passed and since the pandemic. And I will wait after the funeral, after all the hoopla has taken place, all the heartache and pain and planning because I've been there, done that. And I don't know what they've experienced because they have experienced something similar to what I have or what, but my heart is very tender to their experience and their loss because of what I've gone through especially, that I will go the extra mile now yes. And sending cards or going to their home with a meal just to sit down and say, In essence, I'm here. Whatever you need to say, I'm here. I'm here to just
1: listen. That is so so wise because I remember it was when my uh, aunt's husband died. She was the one who told me the hardest time was six months after his death. That's when yeah. people quit calling. They quit asking, how are you? They they are not... Because their lives have gone on as, quote-unquote, normal. And her life right. would never be back to that normal. And exactly. And in order to have a new normal, you're talking about many... Well, usually several years. So... I learned that only by watching an aunt um, who was going through um, the, the pain of grief, but she it was so insightful. So in our material on grief, I think I put about, you know, after about six months, that can be the most difficult time. But I learned Absolutely. that. And, and just watching and look well that's what happens as we as we have different experiences we gain wisdom and I sense in you I think you're a wise woman I really do I I'm, and I and I hear that God is using you um, but I, I as much as I would love to say this is how you fix that no um, you this man, may refuse to be fixed if you will Um, and I don't hear that that's your role for some reason if he's not that way with others then you can know there's something that is broken on the inside of him but all the more um, the the Lord is is willing to heal but also whatever this is Uh, people have things in their lives that, uh, you know, as, as you well know, there are times when people have never shared the dysfunction in their lives and from which then if they're trying to build on a foundation, it's a cracked foundation.
4: Right. Absolutely. And in my case with this situation... I have wanted to find a purpose for my pain. And that purpose has been to reach out, like you just so beautifully explained, that it's not just a week after that my friends have lost Mm-mm. or relatives have lost, but it's weeks, months, even into years when I will call them and still say, let's get together or "What? Mm-hmm. what do you need to talk about? I'm here for you because I know that not only when that pastor shut down on me and his whole family shut down, the many of the congregations shut down. And I'm like, why? This is so uncalled for. This is a time when family and your church family is as is, is important as your blood family at that time. You know? Hmm. So it, it, it's a situation where... I don't think it will ever be answered, like you said, in this in this world in this time, and I'm somewhat okay with that. But then it just still has that little lodge back there, and I don't believe it's obsessing, but I believe it's lodged somewhere back there where uh-huh. it's not yes. wanting to let go, <laughs> and I need it to let go.
1: You know, I I because I grew up with a, a lot of. Uh, brokenness and pain um i used to sign my letters always uh well i I would sign a letter but for some reason i just always had a, a scripture attached and it is that he heals the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit and it wouldn't matter what my letter would be about but that was always what i put it's just at the right. bottom, he heals the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And, of course, that's from the Psalms, Psalm 34, 18. And it meant a great deal to me. I think I just needed it. And then later, I had another scripture uh, that I would just put at the end. And it's Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I think that's your scripture I want you to live with for a a year. You know, it's just, it's precious. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. We'll be sending you our material on trials. It'll be meaningful.
0: We'll send our keys for living on trials called God's Refining Fire. That is available to our caller tonight free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out or to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you for that. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at HopeForTheHeart.org. Also, find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.